thinking about this, I've never got an unsolicited vulva pick, <laughs> but <laughs> would I like it? <laughs> I don't think I would either, even if I dated I, women. I but don't like, no, I I might but like, like it. <laughs> you well. Because I mean, I w- I just think that just objectively, I I don't think I've spoken to a single woman who thinks that dicks are cute. Oh, I like a good dick. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your go-to bisexual polyamorous confidence coach who tells it as it is and owns her mess. If you're here to live your fuck yes life, welcome home, my love. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 141 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. Today, we are talking about all things dating. And when I was thinking about wanting to talk about this topic on the podcast, the only person that came to mind is Allie, or you might know her better on TikTok, Instagram, and beyond as Finding Mr. Height. Um, and I just, I found, and I say this a little bit in the in the podcast, but I, I found her TikTok, and she just spoke so openly about her dating experiences. And while she is monogamous and I am polyamorous, having, you know, going on dates is hard. And having someone talk so openly about that shit, especially dating apps and non-negotiables and red flags and just all the stuff that like we see so popularized especially on TikTok um, around relationships and what to look for and how to even find your quote person or people can be really really confusing and all-consuming and I don't know about you but dating often feels like a fucking chore Um, and she just made it feel accessible and uh, relatable and all of that stuff. And today's conversation, we dive into some really, really cool topics and and stuff and just conversations that I wanted to have with somebody around this for a long time. And I couldn't have asked for a better person in Allie. So if you're not familiar with Allie, like I said, you can find her as Finding Mr. Height. Um, but she is a dating and relationship coach. Um, and she has just built these social media channels with over 200,000 followers. Um, and she also does one-on-one coaching and group seminars on all things dating and relationships. She believes that finding love should be the same as any other major goal. We can't expect it to fall into our laps, nor can we expect the same approach to work for everyone. Using actionable targeted strategies, Allie will help you define what you're looking for and then go get it. Um, so like I said, it just was such a great uh, great conversation. We have some different approaches on this kind of stuff. And so we had some really, really interesting uh, thoughts and um, dialogue back and forth. And she's just a good all around person to have in your corner. So without further ado, here's Allie. Hey, hey, welcome to the pod, Allie. I'm so stoked you're here. Um, I discovered you for the first time, like on TikTok. And I think it must have been mm-hmm. a year ago. And I've been thinking about having you on for the longest time because I've never actually talked other than my little – I think I've talked a little bit on the podcast about my experience dating when I first started polyamory and was, like, moving out of my monogamous marriage into that and, like, getting back on apps for the first time, which we'll definitely yeah. get into more, I'm sure. But dating has been such a, like, 
very strange concept to me. I didn't really date until I was like 28. <laughs> and so wow. hearing and seeing all your TikToks, I was like, oh, she's not only like talking about dating, but you're actually talking in detail about your dating life on like uh -huh. a regular motherfucking basis. And I was watching yeah. you like just so candidly share. And I was like, OK, I have to have this human on. Because you're, it just, I, I don't think I've seen anyone like actively be so, be like so upfront about their experience and be like, this is the dude I saw this week and now I'm on a different person and I'm dating a couple people and it's just like so beautiful and like just epic for me to witness, especially as someone who still feels like such a noob when it comes to dating and I know so <laughs> many people can relate who are listening. So welcome to the podcast and tell everybody about like what got you into like f the finding Mr. Height, like creator slash date, like dating coach space and like yeah. all of that good stuff. Cause I know that's, that's where your bread and butter is. Uh, honestly, it, if I'm being honest, it was an accident. Yeah, me too. <laughs> which, which like I feel like is that's a lot the best of things happen. Yeah. I think a lot of, I should stop belittling myself by putting content creator in quotes but yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on less self-deprecation in my life. Um, I love that. I love that for you. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Um, here I am. So I'm, I'm now, I'm just to be clear, I'm now being self-deprecating about my self-deprecation. That's what we're, we've come full circle and that's what's happening now. I love it. It feels um, very, very, very honest. <laughs> anyway. So at the start of 2020, like before we knew what 2020 was had in store for us, um, I, I went through a really shitty breakup in October of 2019. And I was like, you know what? I have moved forward past that. I am going to go into 2020 with renewed optimism in dating. Mm -hmm. uh, universe had other things in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to do this with accountability. Like I want to do this with a sense of ownership over what I'm doing mm -hmm. and like actively date. I'm looking for a long-term partner. I want to get married. Mm -hmm. I want these things and I want to hold myself accountable to it. So I posted this random selfie on my personal Instagram where I was like holding my cat and I was in my bathroom mirror and I was like, Hey friends, I'm going on a date tonight. Who wants to hear about it? And I have never received the kind of engagement on an Instagram story than I did on that story. I like I mean, it was my personal Instagram. I did not have many followers. I think 95% of them responded. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yes, please tell us more. Yeah. We want to know. Hungry for the so, details. Yeah. Give us the tea. Like yeah. so many of my friends are not dating also, like they're married or in relationships or what have you. And so they were like all about it. Mm -hmm. So I started talking about my own dating life. I ended up in a relationship, was kind of dormant for a while, was single again. And people started asking for advice mm -hmm. little by little. I eventually transitioned it onto its own account because I realized I had all these strangers following my personal Instagram that were like probably really confused when I posted about anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and next thing you know, I was like giving all this advice to strangers in my DMs on this other Instagram. And finally, one of those strangers wrote back and said, thanks so much for the advice. Also, why was it free? Yeah. Like you lady like you ask a great question yeah <laughs> and so I said I think I have a business here yeah and here we are that's 
amazing and I love that and it, I think the best things do happen by accident you know and especially when people are literally coming to us saying hey that's exactly what happened when I started because I've been coaching for my god seven years now which is feels insane to say wow but when I started doing my like peer support component of um of things just around stuff that like I don't have the the education or the qualifications but like I am polyamorous I am a queer person who came out really late in my life compared to most folks, you know, and people were asking me for advice. And I was like, I cannot give you all of the, the things that you need in like a DM. There's just no way that I can answer all of your questions that are so individual to you in a TikTok reply that I no. do, you know, and I, I was trying to do that. And people kept being like, well, can I'll pay you for your time? Like, I just want to have a, a Zoom session with you. And that's how my peer support sessions kind of came to be because people oh. just kept asking for it. Right. And it's like, oh, OK, if you listen, you know, and you just kind of let the world move you as it's meant to. And if it feels good for you, that um, that's really awesome. OK, so what about dating itself then? has felt so like sharing and the accountability component of it. Cause I think, I, I think a lot of people could hear that and be like, I think that would feel really scary to like one, talk about my dating life, especially on, cause I feel like there's this success mindset around relationships and what a successful yep. relationship looks like. If you're dateable, like there's just so much shame almost. I want to say like wrapped up in that, feeling and it's like well if it's on display then I can't fuck up if it's on display then people are going to see when I have a quote and I'm putting this in quotes for all of you who can't see me failure right mm -hmm. and so I'm yeah. curious like did any of that run through your brain when you started <laughs> no <laughs> because it started small and snowballed and right. all of a sudden I was like Fuck, I'm talking to 180,000 people about the fact that this guy, like, yeah. like, and so I think it's sort of just kind of like got out of control. And I, I say that in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, and I'm also minimizing my own growth tactics. Like I like, I put a lot of work into growing my platforms to where they are, but like, yeah. I think that piece did not occur to me until it was kind of too late. Yeah. You're already in it. Yeah, but I have shifted how I've thought about it in terms of what and how I share. Mm, okay, tell me more about that. So I used to, when I very first started, it was friends to friends. And so although it was always anonymous and I have never, I hate when I come across videos on TikTok or Instagram or whatever that like show people's profiles and people's faces and like like the whole West Elm Caleb thing. I don't know if you ended up on West Elm Caleb TikTok. Of course, did did. Did anybody not who's I, on TikTok? At yeah, if actually, if somebody didn't end up on West Elm Caleb TikTok, please DM me and explain. How did you manage uh, that? <laughs> yeah, how did you? Where were you? Were you? Did you turn off your phone for two weeks? Um, but I was honestly livid every time I came across a video about it because don't get me wrong, the guy sounds like a douche. Yeah, but like, doesn't did. I don't know where the line is where you deserve to get doxxed on the internet. It, the line is that it should never happen. It should Right. But like. There's a difference whatever, between accountability and like publicly shaming a person. Yes. When and their so faces like, and like things are being told about them that like we're just meant to believe as fact, even though we don't know anything do. about the situation. And then it gets spilled and then it gets twisted and. Yeah, and so, yes. yeah, and a person's no. reputation, integrity is 
just out the right. window. Yeah. Not to mention his nickname included his place of work. Yeah, totally. Which is scary. Like to scary. think about. Yeah, totally. So anyway, so like I've never like my account has always, always, always been anonymous. And I also like for the most part, I really only speak positively about people unless they do something egregious, which a couple people have. Mm-hmm. But again, it's still anonymous. Yeah. But what I have shifted is like, this is my real life and I'm trying to meet a long-term partner. And as my platform grows, the likelihood that somebody might see something of mine grows. Yeah. And so I have had to kind of shift my communication with the people that I'm dating about what it is I'm doing and then adjust based on their comfort level. Love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And as someone who has had multiple relationships and has a very big following as well, like I've had to say, like, are you comfortable having your face on my posts or in my videos? Do you want to be named? Is that important to you? Or do you want complete privacy? Like, and I didn't talk about me being polyamorous for the longest time because it would have also outed my husband and he wasn't ready. Mm. Right. So I get that. I get that completely. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a tricky balance though, because I do feel strongly that the person that I am, I don't want to say meant to end up with, because I'm not a huge fate person, but like the person that I end up with that will be the right person for me is going to embrace this part of my life. Totally. Well, in whatever way makes them huge part of your life now. And if you want to continue that, which it sounds like you feel very passionate about it and it's like been this hugely amazing thing for you. Like, yeah, you want someone who celebrates that, who's like, fuck yeah, I'm so here for it. Yeah. So like I went on a date with a guy recently who, when I was telling him about it, I, he was like asking like the level of detail that I go into. And I was like, well, up until now, like, you know, I told my followers I'm going on a date tonight. And he was like, what? Whoa. Like I, Okay, we're pro- this is probably not going to work if you're not comfortable mm-hmm. with the fact that I said I was going on a date. Mm-hmm. That those are the only word those are the mm-hmm. only words that have been uttered to this point. Absolutely nothing about who that person is mm. or anything, and already you're not comfortable. So we're pre- it's probably not going to work. Yeah, yeah, that's good, and that's a good like litmus test for you for you to acknowledge that. Okay, so you. How long was your long-term relationship that you got out of in 2019? In total, about two years. Okay. But we broke up and got back together. Okay. So had you been on dating apps prior to like right before the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I I met my first boyfriend on a website called eCrush in 2002. <gasps> I've never heard of that. Is it like uh eHarmony kind of a vibe like <laughs> I honestly I don't even remember like it was match. this was back com. in like the MySpace days yeah I met another guy on MySpace at Love the time the MySpace days they were the best MySpace yeah and like forever I took this e-crush boy to my homecoming dance in the 10th grade oh my and Wait, I was so like yeah I met this guy on high e-crush. school yeah 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 oh my god that's amazing wow okay 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 my brain is like catching up because I didn't I didn't do the dating app thing until 2019. That was the first time I ever got on a dating app because, yeah, I just – I met both of my long-term partners in person. Like, I just, you know. And and I met my husband in 20 – 
11, which was like Match.com was a thing. Yeah, met we, a boyfriend on Match.com. And I think OkCupid was like starting, but it wasn't yeah. really a thing at that point. You know, it was like the weird people go on. That's what, you know, like everyone would say. And I was like, well, maybe I should do that because I'm weird. So like that's, you know, I, who I am at, at, at my core. Maybe I should have Weird, done that. party one. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe party of two. Party of two for sure. So wait, okay. So you have you met most of your partners via online dating? Yeah, not the one that I'm talking about from 2019. Um, but yeah, I was on I was on Match. I was on OKCupid. I was on OKCupid in college. Wow. Okay. And then I was on Match when I first moved to New York. This is before any dating app. This is before Tinder. Even Tinder was like the first big one. Um, and I met a boyfriend on match.com and then I beta tested Bumble. I think because, um, match sells their users data. This is like pretty common knowledge. They like sell a lot of their users data to other dating apps. And so I think that Bumble bought that list and that's how I ended up on the list to beta test Bumble. Okay. Wild. Um, and I also beta tested hinge later. Wild. I just, I like at the end of last year got on hinge for the first time i hadn't i hadn't tested the waters of hinge i had done okcupid and tinder and then an app yeah. called field which is more for non-monogamy yeah i have a, i have a friend who really likes field yeah and so those had been kind of my spaces but i like hinge it's actually like one of the i think it might be my favorite it, oh honestly, really yeah we could talk more about that you're like shocked. yeah i don't <laughs> You don't, I don't like, like it. The guy that I'm going out with, I'm going out. The reason that I like have makeup on right now is because I'm going on a first date after this. Okay. Um, and I met him on Hinge, but he's the first person I've met on Hinge, or I'm going out with from Hinge in like a really long time. I will say I have not had a lot of success, so maybe I'm speaking <laughs> too soon. But I liked the the format of it, and granted, maybe I'm also kind of bored of the other places, and I'm like, I need yeah. a fresh pool of people, and I just wanted like. You can have voice memos, which I love talking like that. And so I think the way that you can exchange and mm-hmm. just talk like within the app instead of having to automatically go to texting, that was like exciting for me because I don't I don't like switching people to text unless I'm like, I want to go on a date. That's yeah, when that's I fair. switch, you know? Um, okay. Okay. So how has it then been to go from – a real, you know, a relationship that was long term, a two year relationship is significant to then a, a hard breakup and then going into 2020, which is exactly what I did. I went through a hard breakup too, the Ugh. fall of 2019. And I was like, OK, I'm going into 2020 with a new a renewed thing. I'm going on dating apps by myself for the first time. And then the pandemic hits. Ugh, I know. Well, The crazy thing is, is that like that, it's interesting when we think about the breakups that were the hardest for us, because that is not my longest relationship. Yeah. But it is by far my hardest breakup. Yeah. And it it still fucks with me. Like I still talk to my therapist. Totally. Um, Well, I mean, significant relationships can leave a mark for a really long time. Yeah. But so I, so I went, I was back on the dating apps and, you know, ready to go into 2020, whatever. And I ended up meeting somebody at the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. So I went on, I want to get this right. I went on 13 first dates in 30 days. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I thought I had maybe a record, but I didn't. 
he was number 13 we call him the oyster was the guy because all the guys i, I give them you all give the them nicknames yeah, yeah platform so i started dating him in the beginning of february it escalated extremely quickly and not because of covid like before all any of that yeah um in hindsight it was like a like a love bombing situation um he's not a great dude but um so we ended up we were like very serious when COVID hit Mm -hmm. even though we had known each other for like a month and a half Mm -hmm. but then he moved back home to his parents house in Connecticut but didn't tell me that he was doing that oh okay yeah he just went to move he just didn't re-sign his lease moved out of his apartment and moved home with his parents in Connecticut and told me afterwards weird very that's like a and lot of things to do without just being like offhand hey by the way wanted to let you know so many activities <laughs> and like and meanwhile neither of it we lived in new york city neither of us have cars so now all of a sudden he's a full like two and a half hour drive away and we don't have cars and we can't take public transportation because we're like in the height of the pandemic yeah and so that especially in new york city and so that was really hard for me because I was seeing so many of my other friends in these relationships that where they like quarantined together and they were like, got so close because they were, you know, forced to be in close quarters. And don't get me wrong. It sounded like a lot of that sucked, mm-hmm. but I was sitting there being like, Hmm, my boyfriend left the state without telling me one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, Totally. Um, so that was like most of my 2020 experience. I broke up with him eventually in like August. Okay. Okay. So yeah. And then you've just been going on dates and documenting the whole kit and caboodle. Cool. I love exactly. Honestly though, it's, it's so refreshing to see because dating is really intimidating. Like I, I feel very like I got my shit together. Like I've been on the self-care journey for a long time. Like communication is something I've studied. I understand like, and yet being on dating apps feels like this foreign fucking language that no matter how hard I try, it just doesn't vibe with me. And I think part of that is that I'm such a kinetic person first. Like I feed off of people's in-person energy. And yeah. while now, you know, or less now, cause I'm actually not, I'm consciously not dating right now, but you know, a few months back, like I was able to meet people in person because of, you know, COVID stuff and whatever. But for a long time, I was just doing these like virtual dates and being like, is this, even are we even able gonna be able to meet is the thing gonna fizzle by the time like there were just so many elements of it and one of the biggest things that people when we talk about like opening relationships or people starting dating for the first time people are like well how do I deal with the dating app thing how do I even find people and how do I talk to people in a way how do I know what the red flags are how do I yeah, I just and I'm always like I'm not the person to ask <laughs> because I also feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm I'm in the mess of it. So, like, if you were to, to, to if someone were to come to you and be like, I haven't never been on dating apps. I don't even know how to approach the concept of dating in this way. What the fuck would you say? <laughs> to them? I, so I built a program for those people. I love you. Of course you do. I- <laughs> 
I was finding that it was, this was happening a lot, especially like exactly like you said, people realized that they didn't have the same avenues to meet people out in person. And even with restrictions opening up, like I don't want strangers walking up to me. Totally. Even in a situation where they can. And to be honest, I've never been great at meeting people in person because like I just don't like talking to strangers. That makes me sound like unable to have small talk. But like I like I like talking to people, but like I don't like talking to somebody that I don't want to talk to. Totally. You want it like the small talk component of like, are we even an energetic match here feels icky to you. Yeah, like I'm not the person that talks to somebody next to them on a plane. I'm not the person who talks to their taxi driver. Like, and I'm the I, opposite. I'm like, let, let's have a full-length two-hour conversation. Tell me all your deepest, darkest secrets. Let's go. Yeah. No. Like <laughs> I, I – one, the, one of the reasons that I like the nail salon that I go to so much is because they write down whether or not you like to be spoken to or not. Wow, that's actually such a good idea. It's beautiful. Sephora does this too. I love that. At Sephora, at Sephora, they have two different color um, baskets when you walk in. It's amazing. You're gut and checking like, me right now. <laughs> and what? You're gut checking me right now. I'm like, oh, I should ask people consent if they want to talk. <laughs> From now but, on. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. I've always thought. I thought that. I th- always thought that was so genius. At Sephora, mm-hmm. they have two different color baskets. One if you want to be spoken to, and one if you don't. And I just feel like we should have that as like a button on ourselves Completely at all times. Completely agreed. I love that idea. Me or don't. Anyway, so I built this program for people who either they're getting back into dating for the first time after a long time. I work with a lot of people who are divorced or, you yeah. know, just haven't dated or, or widowed or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, I actually built the program after working with my mom. My mom is widowed. Um, mm-hmm. So I sort of like conceptualized this course based on how I was helping her oh, navigate dating apps. Um, but there, there are a lot of people who take it who have been dating, but they're just used to doing it in person. Yeah. And so we kind of go through, okay, here's what dating apps are. Mm -hmm. And I have like a spectrum where I have all of the popular dating apps kind of mapped out on X and Y axes of like number of users and level of effort. Oh, cool. So like Tinder has like the most users and the least effort, but like you're going to get what you put into it. Yeah. From that perspective, like you're digging through a thrift shop, yep. hoping to find the, the gem, unicorn yeah. gem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you have like your match.coms where like there's way less users and the level of effort is really high. So like I talk people through which dating apps are going to be right for you. Yeah. Because if you've never been on dating apps and all of a sudden you try to download six of them and be on, you're going to get so overwhelmed. Well, and it's even overwhelming to know, like, what do you say? what is too much? What is not enough? What pictures do I use? Like Mm -hmm. what will scare people off? What won't like, I mean, these are things I ask because I can be a lot when people meet me. Like I lay my cards on the table pretty quick. And for a lot of people that can feel overwhelming to receive. And I know that. And so I'm like, okay, how can I like be a, a piece of the pie instead of not the whole pie, you know, w- w- with intention. 
Well, the way that I like to talk about it is that, and so the second part of the program is crafting your profile. Oh, cool. And like, I get to know the person and then I basically figure out like, okay, let's look at all your photo options. Let's talk yeah. about which ones to use. Let's talk about if you need different photos. Yeah. Um, because it's, it, it's, it's more men than women that do this. They'll send in like a whole bunch of photos where I'm like, I don't even know what you selfies. look like. Are you yeah. in this photo? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you took this, like from your lap. Yeah. Or it's just down like at your... five people in a row and it's like, where you at boo? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. So walking them through, you know, okay, here are the photos that you're going to use. And based on our conversations and, you know, talking about what you, things you like to do and the things that you're looking for, here's what I would write. And let's like craft these together because it needs to be your voice. And I think that that can really help people feel like they have this good foundation to go out there with. Um, because yeah, you're right. It's so overwhelming. And I like to say that you want your dating app profile to be a, there's a Venn diagram of authenticity and appeal. Mm-hmm. And you, like, you hit the nail on the head when you were like, I lay everything out on the table and it can be a lot. But at the same time, you need somebody or want somebody, I would assume, who vibes with that. Yeah. But maybe it doesn't need to be everything immediately. Yeah. So how do you, like, stay authentic to yourself and, like, that's what you do and who you are while also appealing to the person who will eventually like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky thing. I love that you're offering something like that because I have so many people I will send your way, <laughs> honestly, uh, because that's like one of the top questions I get. And I'm like, I again, I'm not the person for this. I also <laughs> love how much you share scripts around mm. lovingly saying, I don't think this is going anywhere, just like having – full transparent communication within the process of your dating and like the steps of your dating. Um, Because I think a lot of the time people don't know how to approach those things or even ask for feedback or ask for like, if I'm being ghosted by somebody, you better believe I'm going to say something. (laughs) Oh, you, me both. And like, and I appreciate that people, the number of people who are like, no, like if I, you know, why would I give in to somebody who's ghosting me? And like, if they're ghosting me, like they don't, you know, deserve whatever, like ghosting is an answer. Ghosting is communication. I'm like, yeah, all of that's true. At the same time, first of all, I don't think that the person who cared was less wins. Mm. So I, like, I don't think that the goal is not to not care. Yeah. That's not the goal. Totally. But also... I think people ghost because, or whatever bad behavior you want to talk about, because it's like the easiest thing to do that is socially acceptable. Totally. And so how do we make it not socially acceptable? We continue to call it out and tell people that it's not okay. Yeah. And I think even beyond that, like there's, there's a secondary piece to that, that I think about a lot because I have ghosted people and it's not because I'm not interested. It's because I'm unwell. And we're in a fucking, you know, cultural and like worldwide fucking crisis right now on so many fronts. And sometimes we just can't respond. And the last person we want to respond to is a new connection that we want to put our best foot forward for and hope that something could come from when we're in the depths of a depression spiral that hits us out of nowhere. And 
I have taken the approach of like, hey, I just wanted to touch base. It's been three weeks since we've, you know, had a conversation and I'm reading it as you ghosting me, but I wanted to reach out and give you the opportunity to explain if it's something else. If you're no longer interested in this, cool. Just let me know. But if you are and you're just going through something, just let me know that too. You know, like I'm totally open to wherever you're at and I don't, I'm not going to automatically take this as a you're just fucking with me but if you are that's fine just let me know too just tell me yeah yeah well I think that that's actually one of the main reasons why I absolutely despise the phrase if he wanted to he would or like if they wanted to they would but typically you hear it as gendered because there are so many things that I wanted to do but fucking didn't for like a variety of reasons. One of which is exactly what you said, that I'm like going through something that makes it extremely difficult and possibly impossible to do that thing that I really want to do. Yeah. And I actually have this, it's so funny, this this woman that's been like in and out of my life for the last year and a half. We've never met. We've only ever communicated via app or text. Oh my but gosh. But the connection is like, it feels really significant, you know, and like the potential feels there. But there was a season that I was going through when we were first connecting and I was, I I just said to her, I was like, look, I really like where this could potentially go. I'm not in a place to cultivate this like I thought I was a few weeks ago, but I would really love to leave the door open if you're cool with that. And for me to reach out when I am in a better place. If not, totally understand, respect that boundary. And she sent me this gif back of this door open with like this little mouse at the part, like at a party. Oh my God, how cute. And was like, doors open for when you're ready kind of a thing. And then when I was ready, she wasn't. And so we keep playing this. And so now the doors open on her end. And I've left it open for her to reach out when she's in a space. And who knows? It may end up just being constant doors. But, <laughs> you know, I think there's also something to being said about, like, it doesn't have to be this final end thing, you know? No. And I also think that we put so much pressure on ourselves to figure out how we're going to handle things in the future that we do not have to figure out right now. Yeah. Like, I ended things, a very similar situation, actually. I ended things with somebody that I was seeing for a few months. I ended them in February because- Was this the rower? He, this is the rower. <laughs> Let's see how um, you watch your TikToks. <laughs> yeah. So like, long story short, for for people who don't know the story, I started dating this guy. We met on Halloween. We went on our first date on Halloween. His last relationship before dating me was an engagement. They were together for a really long time. And he- was looking for a relationship, but over the course of us getting to know each other, realized that he was far less ready for that than he realized. Yeah. He was super upfront about it. Like I, when he first told me that I was like, okay, like I'm, you know, willing to kind of continue to see each other and Mm -hmm. also date other people, but Mm -hmm. stay in tune with how I'm feeling. And like a month into that phase, I realized like, this is making me too sad and anxious Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. And I just, can't yeah but we in the conversation that we had when we ended things it I think I said to him the door is closed but it's not locked Mm. 
because I specifically didn't want to say the door is open because like, I wanted it to be clear that there is a boundary there given that like, if he needs to be fully different in a fully different different place place completely than where he is right now. But I didn't want him to think that I was like, fuck you never talk to me again. Totally. Yeah. So that's the background. And so many people have asked me in my TikTok comments, my DMs, whatever, like, well, what will you do if he reaches out? Like, I don't, I don't know. You don't know where you'll I be or when it could don't be. don't know where I'll be. Like, that's a future me problem. I yeah. trust future me to handle it with yeah. the information that she has mm-hmm. and the place that she is in. Yeah. Ugh, I love that so much. Okay. So I'm curious because I know so many people think about this and ask this and you're a coach who navigates this stuff. You talk about your dating experience. And I've seen some comments of people on your things being like, you are going on dates, you knew with new people every two weeks. Like, why are you teaching about dating Mm -hmm. if you're not in, you know, a success? And again, I'm putting fucking major quotes, a successful (sighs) relationship. And so I want you to speak to this generally, but also like, what do you feel like success even means? when it comes to dating because I I know what my perspective is of what the global world believes but I'm not in this world beyond my own experience so I'm just really curious like what are your thoughts around yeah that? so I think the answers to those questions are actually like really tied because I usually respond to those people and say you have a very narrow view of success yeah and because I think that these people are seeing success as binary, Mm -hmm. as either you've achieved this thing or you haven't. And that isn't how I don't think most major personal goals of ours work. Like is my ultimate goal to have a long-term partner and get married? I don't know if I want kids, but like, whatever, have a long-term partner and get married. Yes, absolutely. Have I fully achieved that goal? No, obviously not. But like, that doesn't mean that I haven't had success along the way in terms of learning about myself, learning what I want, figuring out how to express myself better in a relationship so that I can be a better partner for that person when I ultimately meet them. Like there are so many successes Mm. along the way towards that larger goal that I'm achieving. Yeah, And that's, you know, I think people are missing the point of my platform because I never, my tagline is not, I'm going to teach you how to find a husband. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'm, because I found one and therefore I am the expert at finding the husbands. I am the husband seeker. I right? Find like, your that's husband not, for you. <laughs> like, just because I'm out there, like, eventually, yeah, I want to have a husband. Yeah. I'm not my, I'm not saying like, yeah, I'm the expert at finding husbands. Come to me. I'll teach you how to find them. Like, that's not what, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think they're kind of missing the point, honestly. Totally. And I, I think what you said about it being such a narrow definition is hitting the nail on the head. Like, that's also my perspective around most things is people see things too, in it's too much of a binary way. And it's like, you know, relationships, even the ones that end, aren't necessarily failures. You know, no. they're beautiful things that should be celebrated and, you know, reveled in and all sorts of things that I 
am grateful for. I mean, I've been through so many breakups in the last few years, which I never thought I would be navigating, but like, yeah. while also being married, you know, it's just such a weird thing. And I'm grateful for all of those experiences. And I don't see any of them as failures, you know? No. None. Neither do I. And I think that like, that's even, I think even the times when I look back and think like, wow, I really handled that poorly. Like, because there are plenty of those. Mm-hmm. I still don't consider those failures because yeah, I'm sitting lessons. here thinking, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, I handled that really badly. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe I will. Maybe I will, honestly, because I've certainly done things poorly more than once. I mean, welcome to being a human being. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question I have, because I feel like I see so many TikToks about this, and I'm curious how you feel. Dating red flags, things to look out for that you should never be good with. Like, what are your thoughts on red flags, generally speaking? Do you think there are ones that exist on, like, a – global scale that like nobody should ever be good with these things I think obviously there's the like are you in an abusive relationship Uh, like that's obviously not something that you want to be in (laughs) but like when you're dating people or on dating apps like I think (laughs) I think we are way too quick to call things red flags I think we look for red flags I too aggressively. completely agree with you. Like we're out there trying to find them. Yep. We're like out there throwing red dye on things, being mm-hmm. like, this is a red flag. This is a red flag. This is a red flag. I, I think that the only, the only ones that I will say that I think are fairly universal besides, like you said, things that rise to the level of abuse and, yeah. and whatnot. I think whatever your boundaries are or whatever you you need to feel like emotionally good yeah somebody who doesn't respect that and somebody who's like pushing on those Mm -hmm. and I think that that is something that we often don't recognize as a red flag yeah that like when I go back to that relationship I mentioned at the beginning of 2020 that was like a love bombing thing I was extremely uncomfortable with the pace at which we were moving Mm. and I was made to feel like I shouldn't question it that I was like you know come on but have you ever felt this way about someone like you know you're you're feeling it too come on come on come on like the boundary pushing yeah yeah and I think that that is a pretty universal red flag for me but totally agree well that's a form of abuse yes yes the there was a lot of emotional manipulation about that relationship um a lot of like a lot of gaslighting and yeah. Just, which is also a term that I think gets thrown around too much, by the way. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I we have did definitely a, misused it. <laughs> we did a podcast episode about it this week. The Our pod episode that aired this week was about gaslighting and about like what it is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because a lot of people throwing around the word gaslighting are just talking about people that are jerks. Mm-hmm. Or that don't like, have can, a, the same opinion. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, just because someone disagrees with you or is mean, mm-hmm, somebody mm-hmm. can be mean and not be gaslighting mm-hmm, like you're mm-hmm. a dick I don't like you but you're not gaslighting me mm-hmm. it's so funny because like we're thinking talking about red flags I, I remember being in um in the theater I was performing and we were like fucking around and talking backstage before the show started and I was just getting on dating apps and I was like I just got my first dick pic my unsolicited my first unsolicited dick pic <sighs> and I was like I guess I've hit a mi- fucking milestone here 
And for me, that was a red flag. For me, that was a consent breach. And for my friend, he was like, oh, I wish I got an unsolicited dick pic. I love that shit. And he was like, I was like, wait, are you being serious with me or are you just fucking around? And he was like, no, I genuinely like getting dick pics on dating apps. Like, to me, it's like, I want you. And that's a thing for them. And granted, I don't know what's healthy here, you know, but at the end of the day, like, that was their truth. And my truth was different. And, like, also gay culture is so different than, like, you know, heteronormative culture on dating apps. And yet, like... I also know some women who are like, that's fun, especially if it's like a non-monogamous person who is actively wanting to, you know, meet with a couple and they're sending like, you know, sexy pics on apps. Like some people really like that and it can be the thing that sort of starts a thing. Whereas I was like, that's a universal red flag, right? And he was like, no. I wonder if I, because I've talked to gay guys about dick pics too, and like they have very different thoughts on them than I do. And I wonder if it's yeah. because they have dicks and so they like them more. They like to see aesthetically. them. I mean, Whereas I'm, like most women that I've spoken about this, to. I've never got an unsolicited vulva pic, <laughs> but <laughs> would I like it? <laughs> I don't think I would either, even if I dated I, women. I but don't like, no, I, I might but like, like it. You, well, because I mean, I w- I just think that just objectively, I I don't think I've spoken to a single woman who thinks that dicks are cute. Oh, I like a good dick. Oh no, but the <laughs> ones you like, the ones you like, but not just like out there in the world. No, some of them I like. I like a good dick. Like there's some nice ones on. Porn. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I think body parts are beautiful. You know. Well, it's same, but like not from like a. Because in an un- an unsolicited dick pic is not attached to a person that you know, typically. Correct. It was like the first message that I received. And I was like, to my what? husband, I was like, look. <laughs> he was oh like, look. <laughs> I, I have a friend who, this is not Ali approved, but I have a friend who, when she receives unsolicited dick pics, she sends them back a stock picture of a dick. Oh, I love that idea. Or like maybe you could Photoshop their face from their profile onto the dick and then just make it like a little like hot dog with like wings. He's dancing around. <laughs> I well, would you believe though that I've I've never received an unsolicited dick pic? Okay, that's wild to me. In your entire dating experience? Never. I love it. You must set your boundaries really clearly within your within I, your profile. Like, it's a nice way of saying you people know you're gonna freak the fuck out on them if you if they do that. Enough people have watched your more people have watched your TikTok than you realize. <laughs> they don't want to be dick pic guy. <laughs> I do. Th- I do think though that like as I've given as I've like done more like dating advice, etc. Like I have realized that I I have set implicit boundaries by my behavior and my demeanor totally my whole life yeah. that I didn't know I was doing you I didn't know I was like treat you yeah I, I didn't know I was good at that until yeah. I started coaching people about it yep. and had to start thinking why am I good at this why has nobody tried to do that yep or like no one's ever said that to me why has no one ever said that to me totally yeah I think it's a skill it really is and I love that that's something you can acknowledge about yourself because I see that in you for sure. Holy balls. I could talk to you. Okay. We're going to, before we get to the fast fun questions, I do have one, yeah. one like deep dive question, which is Let's hear it. in the last 
year of you dating, what's been your weirdest dating story? Um, I think, I think it was this guy. Yeah, it was actually really recent. It was this guy that we call the Brit. Um, when I say we, I mean me. Um, I met up for him. I met up with him for drinks. It was a little bit stilted from the jump. Like I was like, all right, like I could have a couple of drinks with this guy, but like, uh, we're not really vibing. I don't know. Something about his demeanor was like a little stilted, a little bit off. But it was like, whatever, we're still talking. So we had a drink. We're sitting at the bar. He was like, do you want another one? I was like, yeah, totally. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. I came back. The bartender had already like put down our drinks. He was like, oh, yours is really floral. It's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, it has like really strong floral notes in it. He tasted it while I was in the bathroom without asking if he could have a sip of it. This man that like I didn't know I had just met like 30 minutes ago. I had like it's not like we'd made out or like anything like that. Frankly, I would have found it weird if a friend had done that. Like that would be very weird even if my best friend was like, yeah, I drank your drink while you were in the bathroom. I would totally give you a drink of my drink. But for you to just do that. So like that was like it was like, okay, you're going to buy me a new one, sir, because also we're in a pandemic. So then he bought me a new drink. But then like 10 minutes later, he asked if I could if I would smell his hand because it smelled weird. I said no. And he then proceeds to grab my hand to the point where I couldn't avoid it smells it and was like yeah that smells really good my hand smells weird Uh... (laughs) yeah and so i was like i okay i now need to leave very like i I need to leave so we like said goodbye whatever i get in my lift i'm on my way home I think we'd been apart for like five minutes. Oh, it and continues. He... Wow. Okay. I was like, well, you're at the end of this at least. Nope. Oh, you're not. No. Okay. All right. We'd been apart for like five minutes. He sends me a string of five or six text messages saying like awkward ending. I'm not sure where my place will be tomorrow, but I'm here if you need me. Those were his exact words. For here what? if you need me. <laughs> oh, he also said, I guess we didn't get to do our thing. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I, I'm like, I I simultaneously have so many questions. Yeah, yeah. But I also don't want answers. The hand thing is like so creepy to me. I will say, I don't know that I would find it weird if someone took a sip of my drink. I, maybe if I didn't know them. Like a friend? Nah, you can do that. I tend to be the person that like reaches over and grabs people's food. And also on a first date, I'm like, want to share food? <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's not that's but that's sharing but with consent. consent exactly and that this... and so like a random stranger being like I took a sip of your drink I'm like did you roofie it is that why I... you're trying to tell me it's good because that's where my I've been watching too much criminal minds in the last couple of months yeah. where like I think everyone now is a fucking serial killer <laughs> so yeah so then he like texted me a million times then he called me then he sent me three whatsapp messages we had not been communicating on whatsapp oh goodness okay so just ridiculous. And then to top it all off, the next morning, he replied with a very normal text message 
hey, I had such a good time last night. Would love to see you again without any acknowledgement of the like any of the string stuff that had happened. Yeah, of yeah. wildness that had happened above. What a great story. So thank anyway. you for that. Oh my goodness. All right. That well, was... let's get into the fast fun questions before we hop up. Okay. So just first things that come to your brain. And if it ends up being a longer answer, that's fine too. All right. Biggest lesson this pandemic has taught you. I, who my friends are. And I don't mean that in a, I don't mean that in as negative of a way as it sounds like I've like found out who sucks or anything like that, but I've, I think, and I think this happened for a lot of people, my friend group has gotten smaller mm-hmm. and I no longer have the acquaintances that I used to have. Yeah, there's no and time so for I've it. <laughs> kind of like figured out where that, that boundary is in like a really lovely way because I love my friends. Yeah, I love that. Okay, something you're grateful for today. I am grateful. I th- I'm gr- Honestly, I'm grateful for conversations like these that mm-hmm. like I could never have imagined that I would be talking about dating with so many people and connecting with so many different types of people and just being able to share not only my own experience, but also hear others and feel like I'm helping. Yeah. I love that. All right. Your favorite pick me up snack. Pie. Yes. Specific flavor or are you? Key lime. Okay. You're a key lime person. Love key lime pie. I think we might not be able to be friends now. (laughs) Oh no, did I ruin it? You ruined it. Yeah, you did. I mean, key lime pie is fine. It's fine, I guess. I've 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 slowly developed a semi liking towards it. Oh, I love key lime. I order there's this pie place in Brooklyn called Petey's Pies. Mm-hmm. And I when I'm sad, I order three slices of pie from Petey's Pies and it's I like- get key lime, cherry, and apple. Ooh. All right. That's like me with donuts. So I feel that. I do mm. love pie too, but donuts are my thing. Okay. And last question that I ask everybody that enters this pod space is what does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life? I think it is. How do I want to put this? I think it is that I really, I'm, so grateful like I said for like conversations like this and for my ability to like live this like authentic life that I feel really good about and like that I feel like fuck yes about yeah however I think that a lot of people I think have swung towards like fuck yes at the expense of like anybody else's fuck yes yes and I think that something for me that I think is really important is exactly like you said when you were talking about your version of the ghosting script, giving people grace while also doing what you need to do that, you know, protects your emotional energy, mental energy, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I don't feel fully happy if I'm just like off doing my own fucking thing and like not worrying at all about everybody else. I so deeply resonate with that. It, is insane and I've been saying this to myself a lot lately why is it an or instead of an and mm-hmm. you know like oh yeah thank you for saying that we could have a whole fucking podcast episode about just that thing honestly I also think this pandemic has heightened that 
to a degree because we are all living in survival mode perpetually and so it is so hard to get outside of ourselves yeah and I think like I, I hear a lot that like if it isn't a fuck yes it's a fuck no yeah mentality and like I I don't think that's helping us yeah I think that that's like creating a really binary view yeah on what could make us happy yeah and where's the gray in the middle that's like my whole thing is like I live in the gray and me people too. don't like it. Me too. Yeah, me too. I love that. People want there to be like rules and, yeah, and guidelines. And fast. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, totally. friends. I'm like, I'm a flowing creature. You can't stop me. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Where can everyone connect with you on Instagram, TikTok, beyond, get their hands on your program and all of that good stuff? Yes, I am at Finding Mr. Height, Finding Mr. Height um, on Instagram and TikTok. My website is FindingMrHeight.com. My podcast is called Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. It's very consistent branding. I'm pretty hard to miss. <laughs> I love it. It makes it so easy. Are, it, are you especially tall? Is that why that has been a thing? Yeah, I'm six feet tall. Yes, fuck yes, tall women unite. I'm 5'10", so I'm always like, Amazing. give me a glamazon. Give me a glamazon any day of the week. Yes, I get so many questions about like, are you only into tall guys? And like, is that why? <laughs> I'm like, it's just a pun. Yeah, I'm tall, finding Mr. Right, finding Mr. Height. Like, that's it. If I knew it was going to blow up, blow up into what it is, I would not have named it. Yeah, this, you would have changed you. it. Did you also play middle in volleyball? I'm a setter, actually. <gasps> wow. Yeah, I still play. I play competitively. I travel still. That's cool. I did not play competitively, but I definitely was middle. They were like, you are a wall. Stand here. And I was like, yes, I can do that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So fun talking to you. So good finally being able to connect like this. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your wisdom and your goodness and your stories and everything like that. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. And there you have it. Thank you, Allie, so much for coming on the pod and for everything we talked about in today's episode or how to get in touch with Allie, work with me, whatever, do her program, etc. Check out the show notes um, over at www.amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 141. Um, and as always, if you like this episode, let us know, uh, tag us in your reshares, all of that good stuff. Um, and let us know your favorite parts, the thing that really struck you the most, um, the thing you related to the most, uh, if you also are having dating struggles, because I know I need to hear those to feel better about my own experience. Um, and until next time, as always, I'll see you on the flip side.